0: welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by segmentify the fast
1: lean learning machine
0: the fastest learning most revenue generating personalization platform for e-commerce
2: Welcome to the latest episode in the second series of the E-Commerce Growth Podcast. You can find out all the details at segmentify.com forward slash podcast. Now we've already had episodes about replatforming, product information management, SEO, and more. So there's plenty for you to dive into to learn how to accelerate your e-commerce growth. I'm Chloe Thomas, co-host of this show, and it's great to be here again for another what you've got coming up is an awesome episode, a game changer, we might say. But before we get into that, I think we should really get um, my co-host Phil on to talk about what's coming up today. Hello, Phil. Hello, Chloe. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this one. This is um, the first double guest we've done together, isn't it?
0: It is actually, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, um, since I think it was a was our last one, so it's really cool to to have you on again and do something together. Well, I'm always learning from it every time.
2: <laughs> oh, I like I like doing these because they're uh, they you you always get some really interesting guests on. So it's always cool to yeah, be here.
0: No, it has, it's been cool.
2: And so why did you want to include Utordo in this series?
0: Yeah, sure. So um Basically, we chatted to Katash, didn't we, in the first series, and that was really interesting about Smart Freight. And Tash reached out again. And uh, I, I don't know too much about it, obviously, hence, hence today's chat, but they, they're kind of working together in, in, in a way with um, Utordo um, on the kind of multi-channel, uh, order management side, inventory control, and then sort of on the comms side um, as well, uh, kind of in partnership um, with um, Smart Freight and Utordo together. So I thought it would be awesome to get them both on to actually see, get a bit more detail what, what exactly uh, they're covering off, where their specialties lie, and how they're working together to uh, tackle, as we say, the peak season coming up in particular.
2: Yeah, because we're going to be focusing in on how your back-end systems can kind of make or break <laughs> in so many different ways your your uh, peak season. So we're going to be touching on the impacts on customer experience, uh, the impacts on your cost, efficiency, accuracy of data. Uh, we're talking about reporting tools. We cover, we cover a lot in what's coming up. So I think what we should probably do is meet our guests.
0: Absolutely. Let's do it
2: it's time to welcome our guests. Tash Jones is the European Channel Manager at Smart Freight. Smart Freight Solutions put you, the retailer, in control of your shipping needs, picking from thousands of possible providers and routes and giving you full control as the parcel leaves your warehouse and travels to your customer. They've been doing this since 1997, so it's fair to say Smart Freight know their shipping. And we also have Richard Davies, the director at Utordo, a brand new system that makes it easy to sync product and order information between your channels and platforms, simplifying your e-commerce inventory, order and customer management processes. Hello, Richard and Tash. Hello there. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? All good. Thank you. How
0: are you guys getting on?
3: I'm really well, thank you, Phil. How are
0: you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it's nice to have you on again, Tash.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Not at all. Um, and Richard, how are you doing?
1: Very good. Excited to be here today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, so obviously, we had a great chat uh, with Tash uh, previously in the first series. And uh, if you'd like to check that episode out, uh, I think it's the last one in the series one that we did. And that was obviously all about Smart Freight in in isolation, if you like. Um, what we've also um, got today is, uh, is a chat with Richard, as, as Chloe mentioned. Um, Richard, why don't you um, start this time round by telling the guys uh, a little bit about how Utordo came about?
1: Sure. Yeah, thanks. Um, originally, we developed websites and web stores for clients. Uh, we came across a client who was selling furniture under a dropship model. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, opportunity didn't work out for them, so they ceased trading. Uh, in lieu of payment, we decided to take over and operate the dropship website as a going concern. Uh, Took us around 12 months to promote the site, uh, increased traffic, uh, which actually converted. Um, Business started to do well, so to increase sales, uh, made the decision to start listing on uh, eBay and Amazon. Uh, What we found out quickly was selling across multiple platforms can be fairly admin heavy, uh, especially when you're a dropshipper. Things like um, simple tasks such as uh, keeping on top of stock and inventory uh, soon became out of control and can also prove to be quite costly. Uh, So we looked at the market for a system which ticked all the boxes for our operation. We couldn't really find the right solution. with this in mind, um, we decided there must be similar businesses like ours out there. So we made the bold decision to start developing uh, our own system, which is now today called autodo um, Ah,
0: well, there we go. Very interesting. Well, I'm actually really uh, keen to hear a lot more about this particular system, um, given you know there's a number of systems out there in various guises doing the kind of multi-channel type thing. So this is uh, very interesting to hear about. Um, before we sort of dive in. Um, In terms of the overall theme for this particular um, chat today, um, it's really all about um, how to uh, cater for the oncoming kind of bumper peak season. I mean, I was talking to Chloe earlier, and um, she was mentioning that the British Retail Consortium has recently reported that over 50% of retail sales in June were online. And that's up from about 33% last year. So, we're kind of forecasting, but it carries on this, at this rate, along with everything else that's going on at the moment, it looks like we are indeed going to be into quite a big uh, peak season this year. So, I suppose the overarching question is, what should we be doing right now to take advantage of the opportunity that's now going to be coming and make sure, quite frankly, it doesn't become a living nightmare?
1: Yeah, I'd say... Um... Potentially COVID uh, and the massive increase we've all seen has probably caught a lot of businesses off off guard. Um I think if you were in e-commerce and you were a trader only online, uh you may have had, you know, stood a good chance because you would already have the infrastructure in place for the initial surge of orders. Um if you were to you may have encountered many out-of-stock lines, uh maybe experience difficulties with carriers, um, this can lead to a lot of extra admin for, for an online business. If you were more of a traditional brick and mortar type business, it may have been even more difficult uh, as you just wouldn't have been prepared or in the position um, to be able to service that high demand of orders, such a spike that we've we've all recently seen.
2: Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite interesting, isn't it, to see how businesses have with the spike we've already seen this year, have really some have really thrived and some have really struggled. And it strikes me that the a lot of the reason for how they've they've thrived or struggled is down to the tech systems that they've got in the back end. You know, the the spreadsheet manual process, you know, of importing and manually exporting that some businesses have been using might have been great with a steady increase of orders, but it's really kind of fallen over now. Um, Rich, is that something which which you've been glad, you know, with with the business that you're running, to have the Utordo system in place to 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 enable you to very quickly scale up?
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you can utilize API technology uh, rather than spreadsheets or flat file imports, uh, you stand a much better position to be more dynamic. So as your items become out of stock, you need to be updating all the platforms that you're selling on with the latest stock information. Uh, any out of stock items can obviously cause a lot of problems with, with buyers and also buyer feedback, which can be quite crippling as an online seller. I must admit, that I say most buyers have been a little bit more understanding during the covid period uh, but I do feel we're back to back to normal service now uh, with most buyers
2: and um and in terms of you know you say we're back back to normal service now on that side but um tash have you seen because obviously you you see kind of like the um richard's bit is the getting the the order placed as such and then your bit is getting the order actually into the hands of the customer. So, have you seen that the couriers are now back up to speed? Because I know that's an area which we've seen stretch it, stretch it I suppose, so far this year.
3: Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I think um, certainly during COVID, uh, there the were disruptions are to, to just service just, just down to volume really. Um, you know, so many businesses uh, who have maybe traditionally uh, just shipped a pallet, for instance, to to a, another shop um, to be broken down at the shop, and then you know for customers to go and buy the product themselves. Um, it's all been twip, flipped over, and businesses are now having to sort of send out sixty parcels instead of a pallet. Which, if you haven't got the uh, the carriers. Um, available to you to send to send the parcel out in the first place because you're dealing with the pallet network, for instance, that certainly has thrown a massive spanner in the works um for for a lot of businesses. And the parcel volumes uh that were being dealt with by the parcel network just massively shut up um during COVID. And I think absolutely yes, we are now seeing that kind of not flat line, uh, but we are starting to see um the, the new sort of the new normal uh, being, being dealt with and coped with um, a lot better than maybe it was at the start.
2: Excellent. So, as there are kind of, I guess, our suppliers and um, kind of the inputs and the outputs, I suppose, the customers on the front end and the deliveries on the back end have, have now kind of. Sp- caught up and and become adapted to this new situation. There's a lot that we can do as retailers in between those two with our systems to make sure we can scale up. So Looking forward to Christmas, um, looking forward to Black Friday, Cyber Monday where quite frankly, the predictions are insane uh, that we're seeing at the moment. Um, Richard, what are the, the key things we could be automating? in order to make our lives easier as we go into this this kind of unpredictable period that's coming up?
1: Uh, I think stock and inventory synchronisation is key. Uh, I think biocommunication. So, I think if you can automate as many of the steps along the way, uh, such as order acknowledgements, dispatch confirmations, but have that information and communication triggered by a system, I think you'll reduce a lot of admin, keep buyers up to date. I think that's key. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting, it feels like it's been one long, uh, Black Friday since COVID hit. So, it's, it's going to be an interesting period, I think, for, for e-commerce.
2: And it's interesting you bring in those customer communications as well, because I think a lot of the time when we think about automation of the back end systems. We think about customer comms as something quite separate. And we think about how do we get our inventory information, our product information to the right places and then get our orders in. But often the link, the in-depth link that we can create with our customer communications doesn't quite happen. You know, maybe you just get a it's dispatched or you just get a tracking. But with the changes, we need to be a little bit more proactive than that, and send a few more messages, don't we?
1: That's right. Uh, and I think also um, if you can manage issues better with a system. So if I mean, we, we deliver a lot of orders, which are multi-cartons. So if we're selling a bed frame, it may consist of two or three delivery cartons and you can get scenarios with carriers that only part of the consignment's delivered. So two out of the three or one out of the three <laughs> or none whatsoever. And it, it's managing that process really with the buyers. Uh, I think with a, a big ticket item, buyers are quite quickly to can quite quickly panic, uh, especially uh, beds and sofas and that type of item. They may have already disposed of their existing uh, item, expecting this delivery, and if it doesn't arrive, it can cause cause a lot of problems for people. Uh, so I think how you manage that process, um, measure suppliers, whether that be carriers, warehouse, or uh, Manufacturers um, and keeping the buyers updated with the process. Most people will be fair as long as you're keeping them updated.
2: It's kind of a no news is bad news scenario, isn't it? You you need to keep letting the customer know what's happening.
1: Yes, that's the policy we take. Uh, Even if it's bad news, or even if we've made an error. um, Yes, I think it's best to be honest. Put your hand up, and uh, I think you're less likely to get negative feedback in those scenarios.
2: And Tash, this is an area which, um, which at Smart Freight you're quite involved with too, isn't it? That whole the information that's happening through the delivery system. So, have you got any tips to add to uh, to Richard's there?
3: Um, yeah, I think I mean customer experience really is is going to be everything moving forward. Just um, you know, certainly during the Christmas um, and sort of Black Friday rush, it could be a time where you, you as a business, could actually collect new customers. Um, who are likely to continue to, to order with you um if they have a consistent experience with you regardless of carrier uh, that the shipment being sent sent out from or regardless of what marketplace they've ordered from so i think the, the key thing is is um having those milestones, having communications throughout those milestones throughout the sort of shipment uh, to make sure your customer has that warm and fuzzy feeling when they order from you and they know that um that you know their order' being processed and it's on its way to them
2: now I'm not going to name and shame here, but Richard, something which you were, uh, which you just mentioned there, uh, completely um, reflects an experience I had just last week with a dining table, and I'm not naming anyone involved in this process because everyone covered themselves, not with glory at all, but. Um, One of the reasons why the dining table is still not here is because the information that made it from the retailer to the courier, I have no idea whose fault this is, contained the first line of our address and the postcode and nothing else which when you live in a village in the middle of nowhere is not a great way to enable someone to find you because they didn't know town, village, et cetera. And that seems to be the primary reason why our delivery failed. And it just strikes me that we're we're talking about keeping the customer informed and creating a great service for them. but, But a key part within this is making sure all the right data gets to the right place. Because it's well and good creating an API link up. But if you've not focused on the right fields in the right place, then it's just not going to work for you, is it?
1: That's right. I must admit, a common um, option that gets missed in this type of scenario, uh, the note section that people add to an order, um, which could be uh, not at the property, delay delivery, uh, deliver in the back or deliver to a neighbour. Yeah, a lot of systems miss that uh, translation of information, which which can be key, really.
2: Yeah, I guess the good thing is if you've got a back end integrated system, then once you set it up once, it happens. Whereas if you're doing it manually, then it means someone has to remember every single time to put in the notes. So this is one of the ways where if we get our, our um, automated system set up right, it's going to be a lot easier for us.
1: Yeah. And hopefully things like that uh, pay for themselves. Because if, if you are manually keying orders, Uh, However good you are, you will make mistakes, especially when the pressure's on, uh, maybe at a Black Friday time. It's very easy to key uh, a wrong digit uh, on on a postcode or a telephone number. And, you know, especially with these big ticket items, it it could delay the delivery by another one or two days, which um, isn't ideal for any party. Or or it gets lost in transit completely because it has to be returned back to a hub and then back out for for re-delivery. So, yeah, I think accuracy of information uh, is vital. And I think less touch points or less manual entry uh, has got to be good for everybody.
2: Yeah, because it removes the potential for error as well as reducing costs and presumably improving the speed at which things can happen too.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah.
2: So, Tash, talking about data, that must be something which, um, which you know, you, you must have some good tips for our, for our retailers listening in on how to get the, that data right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, using something,
3: uh, using a carrier management system like Smart Freight actually will give you the ability to um, address validate and postcode validate um, to ensure um, situations like you mentioned there, where you, um, you've ordered from from an online store, you've only got one line of the address and postcode. It, it actually removes that um, the risk of that that happening because if um, an order has been placed. Um, Online, it's come through an order management system like you tour day through to us. Without that information, um, it's, it's, it's not going to be sent through to the carrier, which as per, for a business actually is a very sensible thing to do because it means you're not going to have that situation where an item's going to sort of go out uh, to depot and then it's going to circulate and come back and they go back to send It's kind of a situation. You want to avoid. You want to know um, at the point of creating the consignment that the address, there's an issue with an address, so you can reach out to the client and you can actually um, sort of rectify that situation to make sure. Again, you call that happy customer because that that delivery is going to be made on first attempt uh, rather than it sort of going around the you know going around to all the different depots and hubs uh, beforehand. So yeah,
2: exactly. Because it it strikes me as well that in that scenario. It's not good news for anyone. it's not good news for me as the customer. it's not good news for the retailer because I'm having a bad experience. It's not good news for their relationship with the courier either because you know you want to have a good strong relationship with your couriers, especially as the volumes increase so much at the moment. you know there's only so much courier capacity, out there. So the better relationship you have with your couriers, the better service your, your end customers are going to get. So um, so surely there there is an angle for being kind to your couriers and enabling them to do the best job possible.
3: Absolutely like you say nobody wins in a situation where you, you don't have the correct information for for delivery. But everybody wins when you do have the right information. So
2: yeah it's simple as that really isn't it? It really it's, is um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so uh we've talked about the how good systems can help you improve customer um Experience how they can help you improve supplier relations. Uh, didn't predict getting into that one today. Uh, how they can also help you to kind of streamline and reduce costs. What we haven't yet talked about though is about how they can help you spread the risk and give you, I guess, more options by making it easier for you to sell on multiple platforms much more quickly. Um, so Richard, how can how can a decent system in the back end help us to to quickly start selling our products on additional platforms if we need to do that?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh, it, it does come back to uh, controls really. Um, one being the inventory, which we touched on, being able to synchronize that across multiple platforms. I think you'd have that confidence as well if you were to sell multi-channel, uh, knowing that the the process in-house was the same irrelevant to where the order was generated from, whether that be uh, a marketplace, your own store, or even uh, telephone orders. Uh, The other benefit of having all your data centralised in one system consolidated is the reporting facility. So you're not trying to extrapolate data from from different platforms to find out which products are selling, which ones are low on inventory. You can build your own centralised business intelligence portal uh, to measure uh, how products are performing across across the board? Um, are certain ones selling better on your own web store? Is the different competition in different marketplaces? Is that down to price point? Uh, you could also measure how different carriers are performing across the board, which I'm sure Smart Freight's got something similar as well. The um, key element as well is, is is the case management. Are you experiencing more issues on a certain marketplace? Is that to do with descriptions or expectations?
2: Uh, of, of bias, really. Cool, and I want—I'll come back into that reporting bit in a moment because quite a few things you said there really resonated for me. But first off, you know, talking about the platforms, and I should just make it clear to the listeners and apologies for not doing this earlier—is by different platforms, meaning Amazon, eBay, um, Frugo, all the different um, different marketplaces you could choose to list your product on, and it—it it is often we talk about the ease of getting the data in and out of those marketplaces by having it all consolidated. But of course, if you've got it all then being reconciled into one system, then your team don't have to be trained on how to deal with an eBay order, how to deal with an Amazon order. They can just be trained on how to deal with an order because they all look the same once they get to your pick, pack and dispatch team. Is that what we're saying, Richard?
1: That's correct, yes. Yeah. So in-house, it would be irrelevant how the order was generated. Uh, the system would be configured to update each platform with what, it, what the requirement was, uh, and they would just they would be able to see the source of the order. Uh, but in essence, the uh, the process would be would be identical.
2: Which just you know, not having to retrain the team makes life so much easier for quickly adding sales channels if and when you need to.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It. Um, it's a no-brainer,
2: a no a no-brainer indeed. Um, and then we were talking about the business intelligence portal, where you do need some brain um, to interpret the results. As we all know, you know the numbers are great. But we've got to be able to re- to interpret them. And the bit which I thought was particularly interesting was you're saying you can monitor how good the customer experience is, essentially. The number of cases you're having to deal with on each platform, which is um, something I haven't heard a lot of people doing in the past, but that must must be a very powerful way to make sure your team and your efforts are being deployed in the right areas.
1: That's right. You can also uh, drill it down to the manufacturer as well, so you could see if you're having a certain issues with certain products. Not that that should really affect which platform it was sold on, but yeah, you, you can measure the whole experience uh, and even measure it against what feedback you're getting on different platforms as well to see if it, it, it relates.
2: To think is is something which it's easy to overlook when we're thinking about, you know, how to run our business effectively when we're seeing a surge in online sales, but actually. You know, over you, there's only so much you can you can expand your overheads by, i.e., warehouse space, uh, number of employees you've got who are trained up. So if you can identify which areas, product lines, or marketplaces, um, or couriers are giving you the most problems, which of course is costing you money one way or another and reducing your profits then that makes it very easy to divert activity away from those, be it pick a new courier, be it stop selling that product and sell something else instead, or be it move away from that marketplace. Because it looks like we're probably going to have demand we can't satisfy going into this autumn, which means it's about chasing down the profitable orders rather than chasing down just any old order.
1: That's right. It's quite easy to become a, to become a busy tool. So yeah, we we also capture uh, the, the cost associated with a with a case or an issue uh, to see it, what um, we could also report on that. So what what issue is generating the most cost to us to correct? Whether that be re-delivery or replacement parts or or loss of sale. So yeah, that type of information's available.
2: Wow, that sounds incredibly useful information to have because it's difficult making those decisions because in a normal year, we wouldn't be spending so much time looking at them because we would be focused on making sure we sell all our product rather than focusing on we sell our product in the right places. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think w- why i uh, not saying we're too different from the, the other types of software out there. But I think because we have hands-on experience of selling within a, a multi-channel environment, we've, we experience these lessons the hard way sometimes. And this is the type of information that we require to run our business and, and be aware of it. You could quickly lose track uh, of costs if you're sending out uh, re-deliveries for uh, a missing part, um, let's say it was miss- a chair you sold that was missing legs or missing the, the Allen key or s- silly things like that, really. But if you're not measuring it, it can soon get out of control and be very costly without anyone particularly being aware.
2: From my experience of talking to retailers who've been going through through all that's been happening over the over the last few months, one of the things which seems to get... Dropped off the to-do list um, in favor of more urgent tasks is the reporting, and I can imagine manually trying to pull together all this data would be quite a time-consuming process. So I, I can see that it's something would just completely not be looked at if that that the system wasn't pulling it together for people.
1: That's right. I mean, different systems, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Amazon, eBay, have their own internal reports, but of course, it's only relevant for for the sales on their platform. I think having a system that collects it all together allows you to look at the, the full picture. I think that's that's got to be key.
2: Definitely key. So it, sounds, it seems to me like we have, if we've got our systems working, not only are they going to save our team time, but they're going to do a lot of other things to enable us or to enable the growth of the business without us doing a lot else, but also to enable us to make better decisions as we go through through a peak and therefore be able to kind of roll with with the surges more than we otherwise would be is there anything else we should be should be considering when it comes to um to getting our back-end system set up now ready for what's coming in the next couple of months Richard I'll come to you first for this one then I'll come to you tash
1: I think the only thing you could do is visit our website and book a demo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure we'll touch on that at, at the end. Um, and I think it is key to have a centralized system of some kind and as much automation as possible, whether that be buyer, stock and orders. Uh, that, that's the only way you can scale quickly. The, the alternative is, is extra admin staff, which, which can cause a, more problems than it solves in some cases.
2: Oh certainly in the short term with trying to train them and make sure the right decisions are being made. Yeah and um and Tash what about you what do you think in terms of any other pieces of advice for for being ready for a good Christmas and Black Friday Cyber Monday?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think one thing that people need to consider, or businesses, sorry, need to consider uh, coming into this season. Some businesses may not have done so well um, over the lockdown period, and it could really be your chance to, to shine um, and to sort of make back some of that that lost revenue. So don't lose revenue by paying too much for things that you don't don't need to. Um, Having something like uh, a system that can offer shipping optimization like we offer um, for for a few different carriers just give you the opportunity to automatically make sure you're always going with the cheapest delivery option that meets the SLA you might be um, giving to your customers online to save your standard delivery three days or um, you offer like a next day delivery. Make sure you've got a few options. so You're not paying a premium, so you're retaining some of that margin. I think that's going to be really important to help businesses really have a have a good season, um, as well as having um, sort of the the automation side, so you're not wasting wasting any time uh, reeking from from one system to another, or having to um, have extra warehouse operatives um, to to create consignments. If you can have a system that's doing it um, in the background for you. Um, and of course, having that that uh, customer experience, but making sure you keep your customers informed as to, to what's happening uh, with, with delivery to make sure, you know, even after the peak season, they come back to you. And I guess um, that would really be um, a key message to me is make the most out of the season that's coming up um, and make sure you can retain as much profit as you can.
2: I love that. And I also love uh, your point about these being customers for next year as well as yeah. customers for this year. <laughs> Because it's um, it's very easy to get focused on just Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and Christmas. But what we actually need to be thinking about is how we give these customers an awesome experience, so that next year, whatever that may bring, um, it's still us they come back and buy from. Um, so thanks, guys, for those for those tips, um, Richard. We've said a couple of times about Utordo. Um, you told us at the beginning about how it kind of grew out of a need you had with the dropshipping business that you kind of um, absorbed, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I was going to say inherited, but that's not quite the right <laughs> word. Um, so, could you tell us a little bit more about Utordo and how the listeners can get in touch with you and about how they go about getting one of those demos you just mentioned, too? Please? Sure.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, so Atordo, uh, it's a cloud-based inventory and order management system, which helps you optimize and automate your e-commerce activities. Whether you're operating marketplaces, web stores, or both, Attordo synchronize, synchronizes your orders, tasks, and stock inventory to a centralized system, and allowing you more time to focus on your brand, products, and customer experience. Visit attordo.com today. And book in a demo.: Excellent. I like it. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very good advert. I like that.
0: Um, yeah, just, just to finish off from my side, I had a couple of questions. one, one for Tash, one for Richard. Um, just coming back, Tash on, um, just I'm interested really to hear more about the general idea around um, carriers, particularly where you mentioned earlier around pallet versus parcels, because one of my questions was going to be, you know what situations do carrier? management become more difficult. And that was a really cool example, which you kind of gave. What about from a market perspective? Are there any um, particular verticals um, from your experience that really would um, get the next level of benefit from a system like Smart Freight coming up to a a peak season um, than others?
3: Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, um, I think businesses that that ship parcels, jiffy bags, um, boxes, uh, carrier management is, is absolutely uh, perfect for, but also um, for businesses who um, ship large quantities of boxes to to a single address, um, which is more B two B two B sort of offering. Um, you know, they'll probably benefit the, the most in in this season um, from from having something like a carrier management because having having a, a fully integrated system that's already got all the carriers integrated onto it. Um, allows you to, to be really flexible um you know with, with who you're going to use, who which services you are going to use so if a particular carrier was to uh, like a parcel carrier for instance was really overwhelmed with uh um, shoe orders or something like that of uh, during the christmas rush or black friday you have other options of options available to you may have that that bandwidth um and you know as as i mentioned before i think in the parcel market there's there's more room to shop about with rates as well so yeah, definitely. So if you pass on jiffy bag companies.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for that. Um, and and then Richard, um, I was interested in hearing all about Utordo, um, about what you're doing in a particular area that you seem to be specializing in and are quite strong um, in. And obviously, I love the fact that like a lot of other people that we speak to, there's an advantage there because you've been on the front line doing this, experiencing the problems and then create solutions, which is always the makings of fantastic solutions and businesses. Um, I was kind of intrigued to understand a little bit more about the market that you're aiming for stroke suitable for. Um, given that we talked mainly about online multi-channel um, and obviously there are businesses out there that are pure play that are both on and offline, omni, etc. Wh- where would you say your system, in combination with Smart Freight or standalone or whatever, where is it? Where is it most relevant?
1: Uh, it's, it's early days for us at the moment, but we see the uh, market being for people who ship anything between uh, ten and a thousand orders a day. We think that's our sweet spot. Uh, I think larger companies would probably would have probably already got some kind of ERP in place and may use a Tordo uh, for data conversions, That's uh, something we didn't touch on where we, the system gets utilised uh, for data exchange with third party systems, whether that be ERP or warehouse management systems. So it sits in the middle and uh, does the, the, the work to convert it to, to their standards. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I see us, us sitting at the moment.
0: Sure, sure. And that is dominated onto the onto the kind of the pure play environment, or does it handle the Omni side of things as well?
1: Uh, it has. It's multi-channel. It doesn't have um, a POS element at the moment. Well,
2: guys, uh, great follow-up questions there, Phil. Uh, I thought those were <laughs> cracking, um, and good answers, guys, as well. So, Richard Tash, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been really cool understanding a bit more about how the back-end systems can help us thrive through what's coming up over the next couple of months. And I, I hope our listeners have got a lot out of it because um, I can't think of how you couldn't have got a lot out of this chat. So um, so thank you both for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having us.
2: Thank you so much, Chloe, for having us.
0: Not at all. It's a pleasure.
2: That was fascinating. And I think one of those things which a lot of us prepping for autumn 2020 Call it what you will. Call it Black Friday, so Monday, call it Christmas, call it Peak, call it whatever you want to call it. I think we're all, we're all focusing on kind of our teams, maybe, and we're focusing on getting the product in and trying to predict how much we're gonna sell. And we're thinking about our marketing and what we can turn on and what we can turn off, depending on how the sales are coming in. But what we're forgetting, what I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about, is getting those back-end systems right so as we've got them in place to enable us to adapt and change. So, so Phil, what were your key takeaways from that chat?
0: Yeah, well, it was an interesting one for me, obviously being ex-Brightpole and been in that world for quite quite a bit. It was, it was interesting to find a little bit more about Utordo and what they do. And it sounded to me like, obviously, some of the specialism was clearly around the inventory management, which would be critical in all of those systems. What I found quite interesting, though, was obviously with the smart freight or Toyota kind of combo um, about the customer cons side that you talked about in in some depth with them. And it sounds to me like it's a very good system for bringing uh, all sorts of different levels of communication from courier systems. And then he was talking about channels as well into one place to then start managing that whole Potential nightmare where you are dealing with both multiple outgoings and multiple ingoings from different channels. So that was did did you get that as well? Is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's there's the more you think about those back end systems, the more pieces of data and complexity you realise they're dealing with. I guess when you start off with them, often they'll perfectly happily cope with eighty percent of what you've got going through, and you have maybe. 20%, 10% outliers that you have to start dealing with as they crop up and then build them back into the automation. Because, you know, as we know, no system do you turn it on and it works perfectly from day one. It's it's getting it right is about though that making it work over time. And I think that's um you, know, you really do only realize the complexity as you start working your way through it and trying to work out what you've got to do. So anything which can consolidate and put things into similar systems and, and sense check for you is a, yeah. a blessing.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And then the other quick thing was obviously on the smart freight side, which I thought was very interesting, was that Tash actually answered the question I was going to ask, or one of them, about you know why does the carrier and the shipments side become complicated what sort of things happen? she mentioned the whole kind of like you normally work with a pallet all of a sudden you've got to split that pallet up into parcels and send out a load of them and you may only be dealing with a pallet in in general you know uh, a pallet network and so then at that then I, I i had more understanding then about the flexibility of a platform like smart freight to be able to handle those issues and then also I think she also mentioned about spreading the risk that's associated with that as well. So if you don't have an ability to quickly pivot in the shipping domain with a system like Smart Freight, the the risk is more difficult for you to spread in that sense.
2: Well yeah, it's like it's you have to build the relationships with the couriers and then if you don't have the ability to quickly switch between them because each of them have their own systems. So if you don't have the software in place that enables you to quickly change, you know, to change the flow from week to week or as Tash was saying, from parcel to parcel based on what's the best option for you. It's it's a game changer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Well, everyone, hopefully hopefully, we've created a game-changing scenario for all of you listening into this. So, thanks very much for listening to this episode of the E-commerce Growth Podcast. Don't forget, you can get all the information about the series at segmentify.com forward slash podcast. And we would love to hear what you think of the show. So, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, the easier way to do that is via the review
0: button. Put us to the test and let us prove we can drive more revenue for you.
1: Sign up for a completely free proof
0: of concept or split test against your current provider, set up and optimized by our team within a few days at segmentify.com slash demo.